0: Good afternoon and welcome to From Where We Are, stories of news and culture through the lens of USC in Southern California. I'm Spencer Klein, coming to you live from Studio B in USC's Annenberg Media Center.
1: And I'm Hannah Aboual-Hodge. It's Tuesday, November 15, 2022. On today's show, fast food workers strike for labor rights.
0: When they put millions into anti-worker ordinances, that the workers are going to rise up, that labor is going to rise up. President Biden and President Xi of China meet in the G20 summit.
2: He was clear and I was clear. They will defend American interests and values, promote universal human rights, and stand up for the international order and work in lockstep with our allies and partners.
0: Carrie Lake loses the Arizona gubernatorial election to Katie Hobbs. And the Latin Grammy nominations are revealed. All that and more from where we are.
1: But first, we have Claire Schurz with today's
3: news headlines. Protesters in Egypt raised havoc over a Russian-hosted event at the COP27 climate conference. About five protesters criticized Russian delegates over the use of fossil fuels in the Ukrainian war. The protesters shouted as the panelists spoke and were quickly escorted out by security. Russia launched about 100 missiles across Ukraine, killing one and striking power across the country. Missiles also crossed over the Polish border and killed two others. The invasion is the most expansive attack since the start of Russian conflicts. Former President Trump plans to announce his third presidential campaign tonight. This announcement comes after a major loss for Republicans in the midterm elections. Trump endorsed candidates in the Senate who failed to either keep their seat or flip a Democratic seat. As flu cases continue to rise in California, the season's first child flu-related death was reported today. In the past few weeks, flu activity has continued to soar, causing an overflow in many hospitals. Karen Bass leads the L.A. mayoral election by approximately three percentage points as of Monday. In the newly counted ballots, Bass racked up about 63 percent of the votes. More updates will continue throughout the week. For Annenberg Media, I'm Claire Suris.
0: It is a mix of anger, disgust, and bitter feelings shared by fast food workers this Tuesday, striking outside of a Starbucks against a new attempt by the fast food industry to kill a new pro-worker state law. On
4: September 5, Governor Gavin Newsom signed into law the Fast Food Accountability and Standards Recovery Act, a.k.a. A.B. Two five seven. This act establishes a 10-member fast-food council that would be empowered to set a dignified wage as high as $22 an hour, with better and safe working conditions for fast-food workers. But the billion-dollar corporations are not willing to agree this easily. The industry needs to collect about 623,000 signatures by the first week of December to launch the referendum on the number. November 2024 ballot, a situation that would suspend the law and deprive workers of higher wages. Miguel Santiago, a Los Angeles Assembly member, calls the corporations to respect the law.
5: All we're saying is we passed a law, adhere to the law that's passed. We have a council. That council is supposed to set foot and begin that work, and corporations are refusing to come to the table. And corporations should not go to the ballot when they don't like the outcome of what's happened in the legislation. If
4: the referendum qualifies, workers can expect Burger King, KFC or McDonald's to spend gigantic amounts of money to overturn the law. In defense, fast food workers are looking into unionizing the workers in every one of these companies, as Felipe Casares, a coordinator at SEIU Local 721, explained.
2: So we're hoping to make sure that
0: companies like Starbucks, McDonald's, Burger King understand that when they put millions into anti-worker ordinances, that the workers are going to rise up, that labor is going to rise up and demand that workers have a voice and a seat at the table, just like AB257 says. Just that Starbucks, Burger King, McDonald's better count their days because we're coming for them with the workers and we're going to get a union for every worker in their company.
4: The organizations at the strike, whether it is Five for fifteen dollars, SEIU seven two one, SB Workers United, or California Gig Workers Union are ready to multiply the strikes and actions to prevent corporations from killing A B two five seven, another pro worker low. For Annenberg Media, I'm Clemence Fenu.
0: Yesterday, Presidents Joe Biden and Xi Jinping finally reopened discussions after three months without speaking. But what exactly did they discuss? The two superpowers found common
5: ground over a host of global issues, and Jeremy Cole has a story. At the G20 summit in Bali, Indonesia, world leaders gathered to tackle global issues like climate change, inflation, rising food prices, and the Russian war. G20 serves as an intergovernmental forum for 19 countries in the European Union, accounting for nearly two-thirds of the world's population, 85% of the global economic output, and 75% of world trade. Notably, communication lines are back open between the U.S. and China after President Joe Biden met with President Xi Jinping for the first time since Biden took office in 2021. The two leaders met face-to-face to to work through various ongoing issues. The communication between the two global superpowers hit an all-time low in August after Nancy Pelosi's unwanted visit to Taiwan Provoke China to cancel dialogue with the U.S. across many areas. The historic meeting lasted nearly three hours, and Biden feels confident about the future. It was clear,
2: he was clear and I was clear that we'll defend American interests and values, promote universal human rights, and stand up for the international order and work in lockstep with
5: our allies and partners. President Xi was straightforward telling Biden that China has no intention to challenge the U.S. and that the world is big enough for both countries to coexist and prosper. China does not want to interfere in the internal affairs of the U.S. nor change the international order. However, the one China policy acknowledging that Taiwan is still a part of China is an ongoing issue of disagreement. Biden made it clear that the U.S.'s policy on Taiwan has not changed, but fears of a Cold War have been quelled.
2: I absolutely believe there need not be a new Cold War. We, uh, I've met many times with Xi Jinping, and we were candid and clear with one another across the board. And I do not think there's any imminent attempt on the part of China to
5: invade Taiwan. On the Russia-Ukrainian war, President Xi expressed that China is highly concerned for Ukraine and has always stood on the side of peace. Interestingly, only the White House readout of their meeting said that both presidents opposed the use or threat of nuclear weapons in Ukraine. In the end, Biden and Xi importantly agreed to maintain strategic communications. Both leaders will empower key senior officials to sustain communication and deepen constructive efforts on macroeconomic policies, trade, debt relief, health security, and global food security. Still, the US and China will continue to shape the future for hegemony and economic power, but Biden doesn't mind.
2: We're going to compete vigorously, but I'm not looking for conflict. I'm looking to
5: manage this competition responsibly. After months of tension and uncertainty, the U.S. and China are back on the right track. For Annenberg Media, I'm Jeremy Cole.
1: I'm Hannibal Hodge. We're glad you're with us for From Where We Are.
0: And I'm Spencer Klein. It's eight minutes past the hour. Coming up, we're taking a look at the Arizona gubernatorial race where Carrie Lake has lost to Katie Hobbs. The lag Grammy nominations are out and a conversation with breakthrough hip-hop dancer and social chair coordinator Colin Daly about their upcoming performance. Stay with us.
1: Midterm election in the rearview, Arizona Republican gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake fell to Democratic candidate Katie Hobbs this morning. With a week in between the beginning of voting and the results, Lake is calling foul play in the collection of ballots. Our executive producer Spencer Klein has more on the story.
0: This morning, Arizona has a new governor as Democratic candidate Katie Hobbs defeated Republican candidate Carrie Lake after receiving 50.4% of the vote. Lake, an open 2020 election denier has yet to concede the election to the Hobbs, Current USC senior and first-year graduate student studying biological sciences and data sciences, Hassan Shah, says that it is not shocking that Lake continues to deny election results. Shah gave political commentary on the Arizona Senate race for Annenberg's election special. Considering states such as Arizona take longer to count than others, Shah says that this gives politicians like Lake more of a reason to question the results of elections.
6: I think the fact that Arizona takes a long time to vote that like usually gives a lot of people ammo and to, a lot of time to count the votes. Um, that, that usually creates issues with people saying that the mail-in ballots are fraud or the count is fraud, which is obviously not true.
0: Although the results of the election were encouraging the many, Shaw says it is still worrisome that there are candidates running that continually deny election results. Given that Lake has a precedent for election denialism, this wouldn't be something that she is amateur to.
6: I can't say I'm too surprised Carrie Lake, her main thing even coming into the governor's race seemed to be that she was very um, pro-Trump and very against the 2020 election.
0: Despite candidates like Lake continue to deny election results, Shah believes that the midterm elections as a whole demonstrate that the U.S. is ready to move on from the 2020 election, citing the unpopularity of candidates who supports such night suggestions in their campaigns?
6: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, if you look at it, every Republican governor who denied every Republican nominee for governor who denied uh, the results of the 2012 election lost their uh, governor's race this cycle. So, um, it's it. I think it definitely did play a role. I think, especially in Arizona.
0: For Annenberg Media, I'm Spencer Klein
1: on tuesday the recording academy announced the nominees for the 2023 grammys as well as five new categories maddie brown has
3: the story
7: music fans everywhere will be excited to hear that the nominees for the 2023 grammys were announced today the announcement contained both expected and unexpected nominees fantastic new breakout artists like Amara, Paolo, and Lotto, and even some new categories. Of course, longtime music legend and worldwide superstar Beyoncé led the pack with nine nominations, eight of which are for her recently released album, Renaissance. This ties her for the record of most Grammy nominations with her husband, rapper Jay-Z. All eyes will be on the Album of the Year category as Adele and Beyoncé showdown just as they did in 2017, when Adele's album, 25, beat Beyoncé's Lemonade. Adele herself was nominated seven times, including for her album, 30. Harry Styles fans will be happy to know that the former One Direction band member was nominated six times. His album, Harry's House, which he's on tour performing right now, was nominated for Album of the Year. Mary J. Blige, Future, DJ Khaled, and The Dream, who collaborated with Beyoncé on Renaissance, were also each nominated six times. Kendrick Lamar scored eight nominations. Along with the announcement of the nominees came the reveal of five new Grammy Award categories. The new categories are Songwriter of the Year Non-Classical, Best Alternative Music Performance, Best Americana Performance, Best Score Soundtrack for Video Games and Other Interactive Media, and Best Spoken Word Poetry Album. There will also be a new Special Merit Award under the category of Best Song for Social Change. Taylor Somerville, a music industry major at the USC Thornton School of Music, had some thoughts on the new categories and what their impact will be. I think those
8: are really good categories. I heard about the video game soundtrack one. I think that's really cool because I think it's the video game Valorant that has become really popular because of the really intense music that they use in their soundtrack. So I think that's really cool and the Americana category. I do appreciate Americana for sure because it kind of integrates blues and country and R&B and folk music. So I think it'd be really cool to see what comes out of that.
7: Somerville had some additional thoughts about the new Special Merit Award, the best song for social change. She thinks the award will inspire artists to create music relevant to current social changes.
8: I'm really excited to see what songs are going to be like nominated for that category because I know for example a very popular like political chain song is this is America by Ocharis Canvino and that song was so impactful um, especially here in the United States and everything that's going on here with Black Lives Matter um, I'm really excited to see what creative minds come into like songwriting to see kind of like what they can come up with that's relevant to what's happening today if that makes sense
7: Somerville also said that these new categories will be important to artists. Um, Just to get the recognition
8: that they need, a lot of artists don't feel that they fit into the really strict Grammy categories. I think a really positive thing could come out of this, as in many artists could branch out so they can get a Grammy in a different category or just like kind of explore their genre and not stay
7: in the same thing. The 65th Grammy Awards show will take place on February 5th, 2023 at Crypto.com Arena here in Los Angeles. For Annenberg Radio News, I'm Maddie Brown.
0: Speaking of music and performances, Breakthrough Hip Hop, a student-run hip-hop dance team here at USC is having their semester showcase at the Bovard Auditorium this Friday.
1: Tonight, we are joined by social chair coordinator and senior team member, Colleen Daly, who's here to talk a little bit about what we can expect to see at the show. Thanks for joining us, Colleen. Hi. Happy to be
0: here. So how long have you been on Breakthrough Hip Hop? Can you tell us a little bit about more about your position as a social chair?
9: Of course. Um, I've been on Breakthrough for about five semesters. I joined my sophomore year, um, and then I've held my eboard position for three semesters, Um, and that position is the social chair, which means I run all of the social aspects of the club, um, and that is including but not limited to our welcome week, our initiation process, our um, team retreat, and then our team banquet after showcase.
1: Cool, so as a member of eBoard, what can you tell us about the upcoming show? Well, we have a really
9: fun show coming up on Friday. Um, The theme of the show is BT on the big screen, Um, So all of our set pieces feature songs that you have seen on the big screen before, which is really fun and exciting.
0: So what has the preparation process been for this specific showcase? Um, Is there anything you're looking forward to specifically about this performance?
9: Um, I'm really looking forward to how all of the pieces come alive on the stage, just because they're all so specific with their vibe and their theme, um, because they come from well-known movies. Um, And the process has been just a lot of doing it over and over again, talking about the vibe of each piece and kind of how we can act it out as well as dance it out. Um, So it's been a lot of back-to-back rehearsing and just hours of dancing, but that's honestly the fun of it.
1: Awesome, and I'm sure that's gonna really pay off on Friday. What has been the biggest challenge that you felt the team has run into while you guys are getting ready? I think one of the biggest challenges
9: is making sure that we're rehearsing in the right space of what the auditorium is going to be, and also just like finding spaces to rehearse. It's really hard. We normally practice on top of a parking structure, which doesn't have mirrors, which makes it a lot harder to um, kind of see what we're doing and where we're going, Um, but we've recently been able to get rehearsal space in PED, which has mirrors, and we just recently started blocking off the measurements of the stage so we know exactly how to fit like our big team within the realm of the stage.
0: Great. I think we have time for about one more question. So with that being said, uh, what else are you looking forward to the most with Breakthrough Hip Hop?
9: I'm definitely looking forward to going into my last semester, next semester as social chair. I'm, excited to just have fun with the team we have a really great community on BT we're all really good friends and I can honestly say I'd go to these people for anything I ever needed Um, so I'm looking forward to the showcase the banquet after showcase and all of next semester
1: awesome well thank you so much for coming in today Colleen be sure to catch Breakthrough Hip Hop in Bovard Bovard Auditorium this Friday at 6pm and we wish you all the best of luck
0: and that's all we have time for on today's From Where We Are. Spitzer Klein and Varelia Diaz produced today's show. We also got help from Mallory Cara.
1: And Derek Renfro composed our theme music.
0: We also streaming live on YouTube at Annaberg Radio News. Subscribe to From Where We Are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Finally, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Annenberg Radio. I'm Spencer Klein.
1: And I'm Hannah Oval hodge from all of us at Annenberg Radio. Wherever you are, we hope you'll join us again for From,
6: from Where, Where We, we Are. are.